0: Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast, and uh, I've been continuing to say it throughout this playoff run, so I'm going to say it for one last time. We have once again made Giant Take Podcast history for our first ever divisional recap uh, episode, and we've also gotten our first Giant Take playoffs loss episode. Um, you know, it's it's bittersweet, but we had this run and I don't even care about where the, the you know the podcast goes from here as you know seniors in high school, and obviously we hope to continue it through our college careers and past that point as well into when we're ninety years old. Um, you know, at least we were able to kind of have this experience and take it in uh, together as a group, and we we can say that we were indeed a playoff podcast at a point in time. The New York Giants lose this game in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. Um, or the NFL playoffs, but in the NFC divisional round to the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 38-7. Philadelphia Eagles coming into this game as the best team record-wise in the NFL is 14-3. Um, the Giants were 9-7-1 and in the regular season. They were 0-2 against the Eagles, lost away, lost at home. Uh, and we came into this game expecting something different. Maybe not a win, even though we might have pro- predicted a win uh, as you know the the Giants fans just hoping for a victory. But at least we expected a fighting effort and a different team because we know Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, and Xavier McKinney were not there for that week 14 matchup when the Giants played the Eagles at their home turf in MetLife Stadium and almost, and the Eagles almost dropped, uh, dropping 50 points on the team. We expected more of a fight and a closer effort and maybe even a victory if we were lucky, but at least a fight. And the Giants team, unfortunately, were not able to give us that tonight. Now, I do put most of the, thought towards the Eagles and how good they are and how they are one of if not the best teams in the NFL. You might say after last week's wild card game that oh the 49ers are the team to be in the NFL or in the NFC. I think after this game you might switch it back to the Eagles, but we'll have to see what happens. And um so most of it goes there, but I also think we didn't see the best of the New York Giants tonight. And No, this team does not have a top-quality roster, and we saw from this game now what they can improve on heading into draft season, which, you know, I'm not going to lie, Alex. I am excited. Although draft season sucks when you're in the draft and after draft because you look up all these players and the Giants don't end up taking them, I love draft season, preparing for it, learning all these prospects, so I'm excited for draft season coming soon. But what I would like to say is that I don't think the Giants played the best that they could tonight, and I
1: think we could start with Daniel Jones, but I'm going to send it to you first. Alex, how are you? Um, you know, doing as well, I guess I could be after, you know, a pretty painful loss here, you know, it's tough to, to look at this game because on one hand you're looking at this game as an individual, you know, as an individual, um, you know, matchup here against the Eagles in this game and you're like, oh, you know, this was a disappointing night. And then obviously you have to look at the season as a whole overall overall. Um, and say that this has been a wildly successful season so it's you know it's a tough night you know 30 minutes or so after the end of the game here when we're recording this you know right now of course it never feels good to lose to the eagles uh, or any divisional opponent in the nfc east um, and never feels good to lose in the playoffs but at this point in time you got to look at the two rosters and say the eagles just flat out have a better roster than the giants uh, a much better roster than the giants if we're being completely honest with ourselves and it's going to be time. You know, the Giants are just going to have to build this team. Um, you know, this is Joe Shane's going to be his first kind of full off season here um, with the New York Giants. Same with Brian Dable. Brian Dable didn't have the best night tonight. Uh, you know, after the Giants went down um, by three scores, it kind of felt like he kind of lost it a little bit uh, in terms of his play calling, his decision making. But, you know, everyone for the Giants tonight was just not good enough. Uh, key mistakes were made, even if the Giants played their best. Uh, and didn't make, you know, key, silly, bad mistakes. I'm still not sure they could have won this game um, because I think the Eagles were just that on fire tonight. Um, and they just really showed why they were the number one seed in the Eastern, uh, in the whole NFL, actually, but number one in the NFC. But, uh, you know, it's it's a tough loss. But I think this Eagles team, you know, the 49ers team, Cowboys team, I think those teams, there's just a little bit of a different notch uh, above the Giants that they are. And I think it's it's really tough. You know, you can, you can have good coaching that can kind of make up for some of the talent disparity, but at a certain point, when the talent is just so much greater on one side than the other, it just gets really, really difficult, and I think that's just what the Giants, uh, you know, came to face tonight, and that's just the reality of the situation. So yeah, Daniel Jones, uh, I'll go to him now, went 15 for 27 passing with 135 yards,
0: no touchdowns, one interception. Then interception, again, I give it 50-50. I think James Bradbury, former Giant, of course, could have been C.J. Gardner-Johnson, could have been Darius Light, but no, it's James Bradbury, the former New York Giant, that of course gets the interception, which the full circle effect comes in uh, apparent there. And then I think it's Daniel Jones. You have to see James Bradbury back there and normally Daniel Jones this season has been very good at reading those types of things and not forcing the ball to wide receiver that looks open but you can kind of tell that a cornerback is kind of shading off that wide receiver we didn't see that from Daniel Jones tonight I mean throwing that interception he's been better with the turnovers of late uh, especially this season and that just didn't happen and then you have that fumble later in the game the the sort of strip sack fumble that the Giants luckily recovered but That was just Daniel Jones in the pocket for way too long, uh, just looking around, and what we saw in the Vikings game was very, very different from what we saw tonight. Daniel Jones was releasing the ball quickly, and he was scrambling out of the pocket, he was stepping up in the pocket, and when he needed to, he was running the ball. He did it a couple times tonight, had six rushes for 24 yards, but nothing even close to what it looked like last week, especially scrambling out of the pocket, moving left and right. No, his receivers were not getting open and we know how good the cornerbacks and secondary in general of the Philadelphia Eagles are. But with that being said, when you're standing in the pocket for 20 seconds at that point, you got to think that one of these top three NFL defensive linemen You know this—the entire Philly defensive line, the best in the NFL—is coming after you. At some point, you have to think, "Oh yeah, that guy who led the—you know—was tied for third in the league in sacks or whatever it is, Hassan Reddick—he's going to come and he's going to want to take that ball out of my hands." And I think just that summed it up, whether it was late in the game or not. That kind of summed up Daniel Jones' performance today. He stood there, he went in the pocket, he didn't step up, he didn't look to scramble, he waited and he waited too long. Evan Neal or Hassan Reddick got past Evan Neal you know, slapped that ball out of Jones's hands. Luckily, I think it was Feliciano or one of the offensive line was able to run and pick it up uh, for the Giants to keep possession. But I think that just kind of summed up the game today, too. Another thing that summed up the game today, and I'm completely going, you know, kind of like changing pass completely, but that's okay. Uh, the Giants, when they were down, was it 7 nothing? Alex, in the first half of this game? They go for that fourth down and long. Now, you have to be gutsy against this team, this Eagles team, this best team in the NFL, right? I don't know if you do it that early. I understand the call. I just think it's really long. If that's a fourth and three, I think we would be going at it at a different, with a different mindset. I think even if they converted that on the fourth and eight, we come here and we say, holy shit, that ballsy Brian Dable going for it on the fourth and eight, that's a really risky call there. If he didn't get it, then that would have been really bad. Well, he doesn't end up getting it, and it looks really bad. And I think what makes that play call even worse is Brian Dable later in the game when he was down 21 points in the second half, and there's a fourth and longer around the same area type of deal. He doesn't go for it, and he punts the ball. And we're all thinking Jamie Gillen maybe a fake here. What's going on? No, complete normal punt. And it looks even worse in the press conference because Brian Dable was asked about it, and he said, "Yeah, I probably could have went for it." He also added after that that the offensive lack of success had a uh, contribution to that decision of not going for it and punting, which basically indicates that Dable gave up at that point and did not care. I would say scoring more points, getting more possession time for this offense helps them improve for the future. And maybe it's not even the starters of Saquon Barkley because you don't want him getting injured or Darius Slate and Isaiah Hodgins if you want to keep them around next year, Darius Slayton, by the way, going into this offseason as a free agent, I'm sure Hodgins will as well since he was literally elevated from the practice squad for this year. But if the uh, if the New York Giants kind of want to build on something, at least build on the offense, and i punting it away late in the game when at least you could have a little more time running the ball, passing the ball, getting some opportunities to those young guys on offense would have been nice. Brian Dable didn't seem like he knew what the hell he was doing because he goes for it on that fourth down earlier in the game. But then he punts it on the late one when they were down 21 points. And he said, again, this is the quote. He said, quote, probably could have went for it. Yeah, probably could have went for it. Like, what are we doing here? And Brian Dable, yes, a coach of the year candidate. I completely get it. Completely turned around this team. You see the difference between Joe Judge last year, Brian Dable this year. I just, that that play call baffles me. And then he says in the post game, yeah, probably could have went for it. Uh, I, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, like I said, it wasn't the greatest showing from Dable and the coaching staff today. But again, they were just completely outdone by a better Eagles team. I, I think you look at it. You know, everyone knew the offense wasn't going to be as you know fluid this game as they were last game. The Vikings probably the worst defense in the NFL, and then going up against the Eagles, the best defense, one of the best defenses, going from one of the worst to one of the best in the NFL was just never going to be the same thing. Um, you know, I think you got to look at this game and say. You know, you kind of have to take it into mind like, hey, this is the motivation. This is like looking at the Eagles. This is where we can be if we can improve this roster um, and, you know, develop our players here. But, you know, you can't just dwell on the fact that, hey, we got crushed and, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with these guys. I think this is going to be a motivator for the Giants to really work hard this offseason. This could be a crucial offseason for the Giants. A lot of, you know, free agents who we're going to bring back, who are we not. Um, big draft as always every draft is important this one will be as well and I think you know as much as this is a recap for this episode you know for this game specifically it's hard to just look at this game um, you know by itself without looking at the bigger picture and I think that's really the main point yes you can look Daniel Jones he didn't have his best game today you know wide receivers Isaiah Hodgins didn't have a great game today Um, you know Darius all the wide receivers Saquon Barkley didn't have a great game besides that 140 yard run offensive line didn't perform great today but you have to take all of that with a grain of salt because once you get down 14-0 21-0 so quickly in a game you know it really just deflates your confidence and I think I I said in the preview right the Giants were gonna have to get off to a fast start if they wanted to you know stay in this game they didn't and they ended up losing uh, by a lot so I think that was kind of the key for the Giants and they couldn't um, you know, take advantage of that situation of the Eagles being on a bye. And to be fair, the Eagles look really, really sharp coming out.
0: Yeah, you're going down 28 nothing into the half. Uh, Eagles scoring the same amount of points in the first and second quarter, 14 points uh, per those first two quarters. And Alex, I mean, we could just go down the line here, the Giants draft needs and compare that to the Eagles. I'm not going in any specific order here, but let's just think about it, right? Why receiver? That's a draft need for the New York Giants. Well, Eagles, they have Devonta Smith, they have A.J. Brown. They can check that box real quick. Okay. You look at the secondary cornerbacks. That's another need for the New York Giants. Well, uh, I was talking with Alex and uh, his family because, you know, they came over for the game tonight. And I was saying, well, you look at the Eagles, one of these three cornerbacks would probably be a number one cornerback on 80% of teams in the NFL. James Bradbury would be a number one cornerback. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, same deal. Darius
1: Slay, same deal. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, obviously, being a slot corner. He wouldn't be your number one on the outside. I just wanted to clear that up for people. I don't know. He
0: case. would be a top-tier cornerback on basically 90 80 90% of other teams, um, depth chart-wise or skill-wise, whatever you want to call it. But, yes, Alex, thanks for the clarification for position. You look at linebacker, another need for the New York Giants. Well, who's son Redick? Yeah, he's the guy that's coming into this team. Uh, Got traded to the Eagles. Wasn't all that much. Well, this year, again, 16 sacks on the year, I believe it was, tied with Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns for third most in the NFL. Interior offensive line. Did you see Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, getting basically any pressure on Jalen Hurts tonight? No, you didn't because that Eagles team has a very, very good interior offensive line. So, I mean, like you said, Alex, this is a team that you can look for or you can look at and be like, you know, if the Giants with a little bit more building and using these 11 draft picks that they have wisely, maybe they can look like that. And I just went through every single basically top draft need for the New York Giants position wise and showed what the Eagles had that the Giants don't. And that is why they lost this game 38 to 7 today. Now, can you trade one of those 11 draft picks and end up getting a guy like A.J. Brown? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, the Giants are going to have to get a wide receiver one way or another, whether it's in free agency trading for a guy or draft pick. I don't know, Uh, but they need to get one if they want to end up anywhere close to the playoffs again next year. You know, guys like these stepping up that are practice squad guys, you can't guarantee that every year. You can't expect a, a guy like Isaiah Hodgins to just show up every year and get five touchdowns that was on a Bills practice squad and ended up getting cut and falling into your hands. You can't expect a guy like Richie James, who you sign in the offseason to be a punt returner, kick returner, to automatically become your third string wide receiver and then in, be the number one wide receiver in this game with seven catch for 51 yards. It just doesn't happen like that. You don't expect a guy like Darius Slayton, who was a guy, well, you don't believe this, but most Giants fans believe this, including me, that coming down to the, 53 cuts, or the 53-man cuts, the 53 roster where the Giants had to make cuts on the 90-man roster, that he was on the cusp of getting cut by the team to come out here and be your wide receiver one or two uh, towards, you know, come playoff time. That's just things you, you can't just rely on to happen. So the Giants need a wide receiver, they need a cornerback to cover on defense, and they need a bunch of stuff, and that's why, again, I'm excited that we're able to kind of start doing draft coverage in the next couple of weeks or so, but... Um, that's that's one thing, and then I guess another thing. I, I know I'm bouncing around, but another thing, just the Giants were not able to cover this run, this running game again for the Eagles. It's just too much, right? You see the fake handoffs and the Jalen Hurts uh, keepers, uh, where he's doing his little QB runs. You have Kenneth Gainwell in the backfield. You have Miles Sanders in the backfield, and you have Boston Scott. I mean, this team has three good running backs. That's crazy. Three good running backs, and of course, yeah, Boston Scott Giants killer gets a one-yard touchdown. I swear they just brought him in for the fun of continuing the nickname. But Gainwell runs 12 carries, 112 yards from on the team, Miles Sanders 90. The Eagles had over 250 rushing yards on the combined between all those guys uh, tonight, between Gainwell, Sanders, Hertz, and Boston Scott. 268 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns in this one. So the Giants, just like in week 14, were not able to control the run. And yes, that was with full strength. There was no excuses for the Giants tonight. They were not missing Leonard Williams. They were not missing Adore Jackson. They were not missing Xavier McKinney. Those three guys were in on defense. They still cannot stop the run. So again, if this Giants team, whatever they were that we saw in Minnesota, came out like that tonight, I honestly, because of how good the Eagles were, I still don't think they would have came out with a win. I do think it would have been a closer matchup, but we'll never know because the Giants team that we saw last week did not come out to play tonight. They were off to a slow start. Like you said, Alex, there wasn't no three plays, 74-yard, two-minute drives. There wasn't no five plays, 75-yard, three-minute, five-minute drives. There was no 10-minute long, you know, slow but consistent gains of yardage drives. It was uh, three and out turnover, first down, turnover, and turnover meaning punt, by the way. Um they just the, the team did just did not have it. And then on defense, Jalen Smith leads the team with 14 tackles today. Julian Love with two tackles for loss. Xavier McKinney had a nice uh strip too coming off the side. One of Mink Martindale Wink Martindale's key blitzes off the left side. Uh strips the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hand. Unfortunately, Hurts fell back on top of that. At that point, it was the drive after the Giants scored their one and only touchdown of the game. They made it 28-7. If a Giant comes up with that, that's a big momentum swing that they can come down and score, maybe make it 28-14, make it somewhat of a game. Luckily for the Eagles, uh, Hertz fell on top of that. So, again, I'm bouncing around here, Alex. I'll send it back to you if you have anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, one, one thing, like, you know, when each when either one of us is talking... I can just see us, you know, so so sad here, you know, staring at each other, like staring uh, at the pictures here when, you know, looking at the this meeting, whatever you want to call it, uh, the recording. I think it really shows how far we've gotten that we're this upset about a loss in the divisional round, um, you know, to the Eagles, the best team in the NFL, that we're just this, you know, upset and, um, you know, really down about about this, considering where we all expected this team to be at the beginning of the season so you know as much as this is a really painful night it's probably going to be you know not so super fun tomorrow um and going into the week but you know you got to be proud of this team tonight was not a great performance it wasn't a great uh showing from this Giants team it wasn't really what we've come to expect uh, where this Giants team really put everything out on the line um it just felt like there wasn't really that edge there tonight um and it, it's really disappointing but I think there's there's a lot of bright spots for this team ahead, and that's just what I'm trying to focus on right now because, you know, if you keep dwelling on this this loss forever, it's going to be quite painful. Um, and hopefully, you know, the Eagles get knocked out next week. Uh, the Cowboys get knocked out tomorrow. Oh, please. Uh, I cannot and, uh, have an
0: NFC East team in the Super Bowl. That would be terrible terrible,
1: terrible. terrible. So 49ers get a nice win tomorrow. They beat the Eagles, hopefully. And uh, we'll have a nice Super Bowl that we can all enjoy without stressing about.
0: Uh, if we see a Cowboys-Eagles NFC Championship game, no I'm one. I'm not watching it. For.
1: I'm not watching it.
0: <laughs> but if you have an NFC East team in the Super Bowl, I mean, then automatically it shows who you're rooting for. I mean, you are the biggest AFC fan who, of whoever team makes it. If an NFC East team makes it to the Super Bowl, I mean, you are rooting for that team so hard, no matter what. I whether it's the Chiefs, it's the Bills. It doesn't matter who. If it's one of those teams. um, yeah, you're you're ruining your ass off for them in the Super Bowl if, uh, if it's the Cowboys or the Eagles going there. Anyway, Alex, one more negative. I want to talk about one more, uh, and that is again the Giants are not able to cover the tight ends. Dallas Goddard today five catch for fifty eight yards and a touchdown, and that is why we need a linebacker, which I already mentioned earlier. But you know what? I will end this thing on a positive note. Brian Dable with his first season in New York with the Giants. They went 14, 4 and 13 last year. They changed that, flip it around this year, sort of, to a 9, 7 and 1 record. So, not 13, 4, not flipping it, but 9, 7 and 1 record. First playoff appearance for the team since 2016. First playoff win um, since 2011. So, Coach of the Year candidate, I think it's still up in the running uh, for Mr. Dable. I mean let's, let's really look back on this Alex Like you said if we When we were looking at this team in training camp We were going to the open training camps in July We were predicting a 5-6 win team This team won 9 games This team won a wild card game And they made it to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs It's It's again Bittersweet And for it to end this way does really really suck But they made it this far, and that's what we should be proud of. And I have a tweet from Julian Love here saying, Always hurts when you put your heart into this game and fall short. Appreciate all the love and support from Giants, uh, from Giants Nation this year. So, with that being said, um, if you've listened this far, we, we really appreciate it. This must have been a really hard episode for you to listen as it was for us to record. Um, you know, if you stuck around this far, and you stuck around throughout the entire season, and you stuck around for the entire, what, Three seasons or four uh, seasons, we've recorded this podcast. Uh, we appreciate for doing that as well for being here for this long. And this is this is your first episode listening to us. You know, be very emotional and sad about this team without actually crying. Uh, don't worry, not all of our episodes are this. Uh, you know, emotional. We're not always this like bland and you know we're we're, we're a little more upbeat. Um, so please, if it's your first episode and don't think this is the only thing we got here draft coverage we get very excited for we get a little too pumped up for the draft coverage so we'll be very upbeat uh, in the next few months but anyway, thanks so much for listening the, the social medias are uh, the, the platforms you can find in the podcast description or the notes, whatever you want to call it um, Twitter and TikTok the Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook the Giant Take Podcast, Alex on Twitter at Twenty I'm on Twitter at Joshua 29 and again, uh, we thank you so much for listening throughout this entire season it's a great season for this team. and again, sucks to end this way thirty eight seven loss. it's terrible, but uh yeah, Alex, just go ahead.
1: Thank you, everyone for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take podcast. Uh, make sure to stay tuned. We'll probably have our season recap coming up soon. Uh, and then obviously, like Josh mentioned, getting into free agency and the draft should be uh, you know an exciting time as this team looks to be even more competitive going into the 2023-2024 season. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Peace.